mercy again have mercy on us a new mercy this morning we know you still have things to say we know that the emphasis of this time the change that should come to us it's still heavy the clouds are still heavy you still have things to say Father I ask that Make this morning, this place, your speaking ground where your voice will break through. Let it cut through everything, every limitation, that word that is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray you will pierce through our heart this morning, sound, sound within our depths, within the depths of our soul. Thank you, Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Covenant, of the Testament, the Spirit of the secrets of God that keeps His ways, that hides them from them who are outside the mercy. But we believe we have found mercy from you today. We pray, O oh God, you said you have mercy on whom you have mercy. Lord, we come under your mercy this morning, we ask, come and bless our soul and speak to us. Lord, I ask, put grace upon every heart this morning to make their own warfare, to fight their own wars, the wars that need to be fought for their heart, Lord, to be gathered around your speech around your doctrine this morning, that you will give us the heart to esteem your judgment concerning all things to be right and to hate every false way, my Father. I pray, come and put upon us the weight and the garment of repentance, Amen. of brokenness of spirit, Amen. of meekness of heart, Amen. the kind of heart that cherishes your kind of things. That has value for your kind of speech. Amen. That has value for your thoughts. Amen. A heart that is not puffed up with vanity. Amen. Or that is broken. That, is, that has found a, a, a... That abhors vain things. But rather that will delight in substance tonight. Amen. Let our depths call for your substance. Let our heart... May your speech not be limited today. Amen. May you not go to a point and stop because of our heart. Amen. May we not have a heart of unbelief. But Father, open it up. Open Amen. it up. Open our hearts up. Amen. Let your spirit move freely. Lord, I ask this morning, also you use my own vessel. Use my, my mind. Use my 
tongues. I want to be guided aright. I don't want to make a mistake. Lord, help me to to minister above my weaknesses and above my own limitation because you fill me, Lord, with your spirit, with your power. Help my voice to echo yours. Oh, Father, grace, grace, grace to Freddy Hatanaya, to Ofred Amos, so even with even with the breath, the breath, the breath, the breath, the breath, the breath, to capture your breath, Lord, from your own, from your nostrils. Help me, help us, 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 Jesus. Thank you. Faradihano. Shrita il Labali al Pradatikale Ecrisa Pataluria Haripion Lamanicalos Helimicasia Luprasia Torima Oricamriente Etikali Madaya de Alibahata Talititana Talititana Lepanicai Cleste Anishian Fratisia, Fratisia. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Fratisia, Rabacaria, Rababonoria, Rabacabora, Losia. Epremacandia, Lecaparada, Epremia, Epremiano, 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 Alimena Simena Amena Ebredena Serianemeta Sedemeneketa Semeniketika Elibedeketaki Eminekataki Eminekataki Elemekataki 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 Enemati Emeti Emeti Emetina 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 Esiena Esiena Thank you thank you thank you father thank you that's our prayer bring us into fellowship with that that which is settled in heaven your word that is settled let let this grace touch down the grace that should come to us oh god thank you make this place a, a gracious atmosphere where where the language of grace the spirit of grace flow for now he not by power you said not by mind but by your spirit pray let grace the spirit of grace oh God the language of grace Father help us help us help us spirit of God decode this speech may not be closed open it up Open it up. Open it up. That at hearts, all of our hearts will hear the the gracious sound, the sound of help coming from you, coming from you, coming from you, coming from you, coming from you. you. Even even Jesus, our great intercessor, 
our high priest standing by the Father, before the Father, on our behalf, making mention of us, speaking to him concerning us, helping us, helping, 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 help. Help us this morning, Father. Pray. We ask for help. We lose our 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 comportment. Lord, we break every facade, every cloak, every every lie, every 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 arrangement, every covering that is put together by flesh which cannot help, which cannot save us. Help us to be broken, Amen. to be naked, to be open Amen. before your very eyes, Father. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Thank you. We give you all the glory this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Glory to Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Good morning to you. Please just say good morning to someone. Say I'm happy to see you again. Are you happy to see them? Just let them know. Let, don't just smile. Let something flow from your heart to them. Just give them a love, talk, a love token. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. <clears throat> Glory to God. Um, amen. Okay. Now let's open our Bibles. Let's see. Um, let's, let's just read that Zechariah, I think. Um, praise God. Okay, thank you. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter four. Please appreciate my wife for me. Thank you, honey, for. <laughs> Amen. Are you blessed by uh, Uncle John's? Uh, yes. Is that an exhortation or a correction or a reproof or an instruction in righteousness? It's, it's all, everything in there. Thank you so much, sir, for just, like you're just sharing, just pouring your heart. You know, I just saw everything you were saying was just pure, you know. You know, the purest things are things that are just, you know, you know using and giving examples with, you know, the dealings he's having. Um, thank you, sir, for allowing us to be blessed by, to share in the blessing which the Lord has been sharing with you. Thank you for that. Uh, we love you so much, sir. Do you love him? Tell him yes, if you do. So, <laughs> thank, thank you for being a, an elder to us. Um, praise God. You know you are our elder. You are young, but because we are, we are younger, so you are... You are elder. You're not old. You're not an old. Uh -huh. You are just elder. <laughs> and uh, we thank God for you. Um, thank you for, for helping us. I know many of us, you know, you visit them, I'm sure. You know, some of us, you know, 
uh, we get counsel from you or some things. Thank God for the grace that, and wisdom that he has given you uh, to just to help, help us. You know, we are helping each other, you understand. Uh, nobody has the, the full picture. We, are, we have different graces. And uh, so it's, and it's good to celebrate the grace that you have. So thank you, sir. We love you. Thank you. Um, thanks to your wife as well, uh, and to Maya. We love you. You're looking radiant as usual. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so much. Praise God. Um, thank God for this morning, the worship team. I really enjoy the worship. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Okay, um, Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, let's just quickly read from uh, verse, verse 14. Hebrews 4 verse 14. If you are there, say amen. Amen. Seeing then that we have passed, we have, sorry, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. I love this. A, a, a great high priest is not little. He's not ordinary. He's not like Aaron. Aaron was awesome, but he's not like Aaron. He's different. Praise God. Uh, he's a great high priest. That is, the Bible says he has passed into the heavens. He's not just speaking about the, the sky, right? It's, it's not easy to pass into the heavens. Um, Jesus didn't just go. He went to heaven physically. But um, the way they, they put it here, I, uh, I'm not sure they, all they are saying is that he ascended, that he physically went up. It's, um, he passed. Say pass. Pass. You know, some people go to heaven without passing, eh? They just, they just go. Um, it's not every Christian maybe who maybe dies and who goes to heaven, who passed into the heavens. There are people who are in heaven now who are not heavenly. That they, are, they, have, they are there by virtue of their relationship that in their spirit man, that is Christ. But when you check their soul, their affections, some of them were in purely in love with this world before they died. So when they get there, it's a strange place. You understand? They are just there, but they didn't. Their soul never gained passage. There is something called passage into the heavens. So that passage. Is it involves a kind of a change of the soul to to become heavenly? Praise God! And we know that after a while, when Jesus was living on the earth, he was actually in heaven, right? So this passing into the heavens did not occur on the ascension day. Praise God! When in the book of John, what was he speaking about? He who is no man has ascended into heaven at any time, but the Son of Man who is in heaven. Do you understand that? So, of course, he went there, means that his soul had passed from 
being um, being earthly to being what? To being heavenly. And that's one of the mark of his priesthood, actually, is that um, he became, in the same book of Hebrews, um, he became a, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, not the one made with hands, not the fake type, but he's a minister. Actually, the, the, the place, the tabernacle of his ministry is really higher than the present heaven. So even the present heaven, where he still has a ministry which he's doing there, yes, but that is not, the, is not framed to carry the full expression of who Jesus is. He's actually higher than the heavens, according to Hebrews chapter 1. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this, that's why they call him great. He's, a, he's great. He's legendary. He's, there's nobody like him. His own... His own priesthood is a, is a mystery. If you bring Aaron to come and check what he's doing, even Aaron will be confused. Are you understand? The things which he deals with. You know, Aaron, they all tried that thing called sin to handle sin. They did their best, but sin wasn't. They the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a haifa, you know, sanctified for the purifying of the flesh. Sin could do a little bit. What they were atoning for could just help a little bit of their, and the, and the manifestation of the help which the tabernacle could give manifested more in their outward life. Right, you see, because they are going to the temple, because they are, they are, some things are being done for the effect of sin, you'll find sicknesses will be rare in Israel. Right, you know, you know those are the things that sin brought, that degeneration, disintegration, that also moved even into the outward man. Praise God. So they were enjoying those things, but if you ask maybe Aaron and ask Moses, they will will know inside their heart that that their their priesthood was not, it wasn't doing too much of the job because they know that their sins were what? He could not take, but Hebrew speaks about it. Those sacrifices which could not take away sin, the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a high for Hebrews 9, sanctified for the purifying of the flesh, but how much more shall the what? The blood of Christ. Verse 14, who through the eternal spirit offered what? Himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to do what? To serve. Aaron could not do this, right? Moses could not do this. Glory to God. But the beauty about what makes this him as a priest special, so this is not the message. I just, just found something interesting here I want to just tell you about. It. Okay, just amen. amen. So what made the, the ministry of Jesus special and different? Maybe when Aaron is looking at him or Moses, they will check that this priest is a different kind of priest. We all offer animals. He offers himself. Do you see that kind of thing? But that is, and that is the, that's the greatness of his priesthood. That he, before he became a priest, he, first re, he was first raised as a sacrifice. That when you get there, you're not offering other things, but you are doing what you are. 
your offering. You're offering yourself. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we thank God. It's clear that the, this man who, who will have a great priesthood, he himself must be a great man. Is great. Jesus is great. And part of his greatness is his, his ascension, his passage. Praise God. Say passage. Passage, passage into uh, heavens. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now this Jesus, back to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, he says, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, then let us hold fast our profession, you see. So this profession now, we know that he, Hebrews referred to him as the, the high priest of our profession. Do you get that? So if the holding of our profession cannot be separate from this high priest, who is the, is the priest of our profession. So if they call him the high priest, the high priest of our profession. It means that the purpose of his priestly ministry is to establish us in a profession. Are you getting that? And if you ask me what is actually the profession of, of this high priest, it's a profession of those who, who, who are offerings, people who offer themselves. Is a, Jesus is priesthood is different, is a, is a priesthood of, uh, is a priesthood of instruction, right? is a priest of, um, is a priest of a profession. Do you understand the difference? So he doesn't just want to deal with your issue and set you free. You know how they do it, Dan, you come once in a year, you bring your goats, you bring everything and then they do the things they do, and they say, oh, yeah, go, go and sin more. You know, they never say go and sin no more. Only Jesus ever said such a thing before. Wow. If the priest Aaron is telling a Jew, go and sin no more, he himself, you know that, what am I saying? That these guys, even their entire profession is tied to sin. If, it means that if guys don't sin, they don't have a job anymore. True. <laughs> so that one was a guarantee. He might just say, hey, don't make it too much this time. Just <laughs> reduce it a little bit. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And you know that different kind of sins have different offerings. So you imagine some kind of guys, when they are coming, the things they will need to bring because of their... <laughs> Praise God. All the things they have to atone for. Right? But we thank God for, we have a different priesthood. That the priesthood of Jesus, he is not just a priest. He's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He's not just a priest. He's a priest who is a king. He's a priest who has reigned. Who has reigned. So his priesthood is is the priesthood of a dominion. Do you get that? So what is actually a priest over is not just a priest just to help people. He is actually the priest of a dominion. That is his priestly mandate is to establish a dominion. He's so you can see that he's like a, he's a he's first of all king of righteousness, 
king of peace. And then he's now the, he's the priest of the most high God. So he's, he's not about maybe helping you and freeing you to go and do the things. This is the great era of Christianity. You can see it already. The sense that you come to church to deal with your issues so you can go and, go and express yourself. You can go and manifest. You can, you get. But we don't realize that, oh, see those manifestations, is, they are God's problem. Do you see that? that all the things that we want to, we want to, you know, why, oh, let me come and let me get anointed so I can go and do this. Let me get this so I can. So there's always so I can. And the so I can is always outside somewhere. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it means that the, the, the evil of Satan is they've put a taste in man for a dominion that's not God's own. And it's very hard to kill that dominion. One of the, the biggest source of, um, I would say, the, one of the biggest problems, I would say, Christians have is the desire to win, take the whole world for God. It's like a, it's a subtle seed, but you will not see it in the Bible. It's not in the scripture. When Jesus was talking, he said, look, my kingdom is not of this world. Everything he was just speaking was contrary to that kind of thing. When he came, he, he left Herod alone, did his own thing. He never went to any king and said, hey, I'm here. No, he just, he did just simple stuff around Nazareth, around Galilee, just walked around, you know, preaching the, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Are you understanding me? He said, my kingdom is not what? It's not, you can't. Pilate tried to interrogate him about who he was. They say, you are a king. Are you a king? He couldn't. Do you understand what I mean? Um, praise God. Hallelujah. So the thing is, this, the secret, we have to understand the secret of Jesus' priesthood. Is that You cannot separate his priesthood from his what? From his dominion. When you try to separate his priesthood from his dominion, we fall into religion. Because all you see him as is somebody that is coming to shift your moral code. To maybe to help you to be more moral and ethical in what you are doing. Which is what all the religions are doing. So you, so you, you can see that there is no religion in the earth that tampers with profession. Every religion helps profession. Do you understand? The, the religions are blind to profession. In other words, the professions of men. In fact, religions stamp them. Yeah. Do it well. So my profession is to make sure that the earth, humanity does this. Yeah. Make sure, only make sure when you are doing it, don't cheat people. Don't lie when you are doing it. Just, it's to help people's moral code in their profession. Do you understand? Yes, sir. So no, only what Jesus brought, when Jesus came and I began to say, leave those things aside. There's something, there's another, there's another dominion. Jesus was, was bringing another profession to the earth 
that is tied, and whether you like it or not, every profession is tied to a dominion. Do you agree? Every profession is what? Is tied to a dominion. So the, the guy whose goal is to end world hunger might take that as a profession, but he cannot see the dominion. That he can't see that there can be a dominion of darkness whose goal is also to try and to help to do what? And no matter how nice your profession is on the earth, those things were what? They can be tied to a dominion. I'm not saying don't be anything on earth. I'm just trying to tell you that this world is one big lie. That's what I'm just trying to tell you. It's not really, it's not really what it is. <laughs> uh, that's just my point. If you can know this truth, you will be, your head will just adjust and some things will change. Say, no, I just want to do this. It's very nice. Calm down. Why do you want to do it? And then who is sponsoring the desire? For, do you know what I'm saying? Do you know that the same guy who raises men to solve hunger is the same guy making men hungry? You see how why is this guy talking like this? Are these good things? Amen. See, if that ending hunger was such so important, Jesus would have done it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But instead, Jesus said, "The poor you have with you always." It means that in God's plan, the the, the budget for the poor. And. It's not a problem to God. You are the one that has that as a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Even get story of poor man and Lazarus. Do you understand? There are some things you will have with you always. You will have the poor. You see the sick. All the things that sometimes in Christianity we've taken as a mandate to end. Paul was right. He said, if there is sick among you, go and the way he was saying it, as if it's a normal thing, you will fall sick sometimes. But once you just fall, you just gather the elders of the church. Let them pray. So it means that you might be getting sick and you have to be praying. As a Christian thing. Even Paul himself fell sick, near unto death sometimes. You get that? So it's not, um, it's not what Jesus came to do is not about all those things. You get that? It is every, the, the nature of man will find profession around anything. So when the, the, the scattered problems on the earth is to, the reason for those problems is because you know that they have the power to call men to come and devote your life to serving me. That's the evil. You understand that? Yes, so that we will be all, are you seeing this just this ball we are living in called Earth? It's just one ball, it's big, but just one ball. We are all just living there. Everything we do is about it. That's the evil. You understand? That, that is the evil that nobody should ever think of. Can you take a profession that has nothing to do with this ball? And this physical thing that we are, this place we are living in. 
That's what Jesus was speaking about when he said, my kingdom is what? It's not. My dominion is not. Praise God. And, and you know, it's a bold thing to tell a person to do, to take a profession that has nothing to do with the earth. Why? Because anywhere you go, you have a kind of shame about what you are doing. Because every man's credential on the earth is their contribution to the collective task of what? Solving the You understand what I mean? If you go to maybe a meeting of, maybe a dinner of who is who in society, you know, you know those guys, praise God. The kind of things that they, they communicate means that everybody's pride, your place, your status, is defined by your contribution to what? It might be in the healthcare sector, even in the different, even in the entertainment area, to make people encouraged and motivated. So, you know, it sounds good, it sounds spiritual. So, when, when a worldly person says spiritual, what they mean is just the fuel to, to do what? To engage more in professions of the earth. Are you understanding me? We need to understand this thing fully. Anything below this is below Christianity. It doesn't matter how nice it looks, how glorious it looks. Uh, you see that? How nice, how glorious, how beautiful. Anything below that standard. What is the standard, sir? The standard is the dominion that Jesus, the kingdom which Jesus brought to the earth. There are many things below it. Evangelism is below it. Do you know that? I mean by itself. Because although evangelism is a tool to help people qualified to begin to seek that dominion. But by itself, if you evangelize to a soul and they get born again, that soul might not have touched the dominion that Jesus brought and they will go to heaven. When you do that, you are still below the profession. Praise God. Do you understand me? So where does things that have to do with profession, where does it start from? It starts from engagement that involves transition from earthly dominions to dominion which Christ brings. Glory to God. And you say, okay, what is this dominion then you are talking about? This kingdom and all. It's very simple. He made it simple for us in the book of, um, book of Romans, right? It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. When he says meat and drink, he's talking about the satisfaction of the outward natural man. That, that it has nothing to do with the kingdom, but rather the kingdom of God is righteousness and then what? Peace. And finally what? Joy in the word Holy Ghost. Hence why is king of righteousness first. And then the king of peace. Do you know he's also a king of joy? But you don't need to mention that. Because when you become a king of joy, 
it means that you are a high priest. Every king of joy is a priest of God. Praise God. Are you seeing that? So the, the kingdom is aligned with the name of the high priest, Jesus. Glory. Then when you wrap up all of that, you know, say, what is his profession? The profession is of the high priest is bringing every man into the dominion that is in him. So it means to bring you into righteousness, to bring you into what he calls peace, and then what joy, praise God, in the Holy Ghost. Am I, am I making some sense to you? So seeing we have a high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our... You have to hold fast your profession. Now, okay, let's read verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain what? Mercy. And then find what? Grace to help in time of need. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, the, the high priest Jesus, I want us to, to, to consider him. Like, like Hebrews says, let us consider the high priest, right? Glory to God. That verse, chapter 3, just one chapter before, chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 1. Glory. <laughs> it says, Wherefore, holy brethren, who are partakers of the heavenly calling. Are you seeing that? Who do these holy brethren do? The word holy means it's a sort of it's a kind of separation, really, holy separation. I mean, they are not like others. They are separate. They have a, they have a separate attention. There's something that they, they give their attention to, which is separate from what other peoples do. These holy brethren who are separate, they are, what makes them separate is what they take part in. They have a they are, they are partakers. They've taken a part in a calling. Hmm. Now this thing, not everybody has this thing. Some, there are some people, this has registered in them. When you see their soul, it's there. Now, the sign of this kind of thing is the person you will, in, in the soul of a, such a person who has this calling, the, the, every pool that is earthly is weakened and then is replaced with a pool that is heavenly. Do you get that? Yes. What these guys do, those who haven't obtained, taking part, this is part taking, you understand? This is not saying, does God desire every human being to come here? We know that God wants everyone to come here. But not every soul has taken part in the calling. There's a process whereby which you, 
you partake of the heavenly calling means you are able to accept it as your calling. You understand that? Those who accept this calling, they, you find that you begin to have the pool for everything earthly becomes weakened. And then there's a, a strengthening of the pool for upward things. A pool for heavenly things. That thing is their separation. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, without this calling, the second part is very, very hard. So imagine telling a worldly person, consider the apostle and high priest of your profession, Christ Jesus. A worldly Christian doesn't even connect Christ Jesus with their profession, their own profession. <laughs> Is different. A worldly Christian might not even know that he even has a profession, that there's another profession. So if you're ignorant of this profession, then you can't make um, consideration, right? It says consider this person. Consider. To consider means to let us look at him Examine him. Try and study him. Meditate on him. Why do you need to meditate on him? Inside is for your profession, but the profession is in him. It's like uh, this is the beauty about what God did. God just took everything and put them inside a man is the embodiment. So when you say Christianity is a man. Growing up is in a man. Becoming spiritual is a man. Do you understand that? This high priest, he, he is the profession the profession, the upward profession, is defined in him. Are you understanding that? That's the, that's the beauty of him. That's uh, what makes him unique. He's different from Aaron. If you want to learn how to be a priest, they have to take you through a tour, maybe of the, of the holy place. Maybe, maybe his sons, when he started raising them. This is what you do with this. Like Moses was writing and telling them, this is the candlestick. This is the table. This is the sanctuary. This one, that one. But in the spirit, you don't need that. You just study a man. Right? It's just a person who is an embodiment of the profession. You have to, are you getting me? To see the, the man of the profession. I'm going somewhere. Are you, are, you, are you being blessed this morning? Okay. Now, to see this this man, now you can, for a lot of Christians who, by God's grace, I will say even in the word of righteousness, who have begun to learn the things about the profession, some of us have not risen too much beyond the knowledge of Aaron. 
and his sons. In the sense that, what did Aaron and his sons know? In fact, they, they might be higher than us in knowledge. I can almost guarantee that. That you've learned the tabernacle, but you can't know it like Aaron. You understand what I mean? You can have insight, you know about those things. You know, you know Aaron's mind about the tabernacle, he wasn't, you can say, oh, it was just physical things. No, those guys, okay, it's just physical things. Do you know how to use candles and bread and blood and incense and use it to sustain someone's physical life so that they won't be getting sick? Do you know the, even when you go and read it in Leviticus, the ordinances, you will not, you will just sit, Kai, or the God's law, God, the laws are many, all these things. <laughs> now, do you know that those priests, they, when they, they were raised to the point that they don't have to go and read it and say, okay, this, this guy just stole his uncle's wife, what is the, this thing, okay, go and read the book, what should he do? They go and say, okay, God said that when you commit this kind of sin, ah, you, this kind of sin, you bring a young lamb. That's not the way. All those things that they wrote, they were inside the priest. It means that there is a, there's a school, there was a spirit that was communicating. You know, the, the glory from where those thoughts came was on Moses. If it was on Moses, when Moses is talking to Aaron, when God would say, speak unto Aaron and his sons. You know that Moses put a veil over his face for the Israelites, but I don't believe he did that for Aaron. And there's a reason why God will put that residue there. It's so that when he's speaking about those things, the same glory from where it came will be upon him to speak about the... Do you, do you, get me? Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Or do you feel I'm amplifying the Old Testament? Oh. That you're magnifying it. No, I'm not. I'm not. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That it was glorious. He just said that that which was glorious, but he had no glory in this respect, by virtue of the glory that excelled, which is the New Testament in glory. But it doesn't mean the Old Testament wasn't glorious. So if, if something is glorious, it means it is spiritual. In a sense, in a measure. Are you understanding me? So I can tell you and infer that the, the, way, the way Aaron understood priesthood was spiritual in his mind, in a sense. There was something about the, his, the understanding of the law which they had that was just beyond maybe just dry materials and all of that because in that temple, this glory descended Shekinah glory was in the most holy place and God was speaking from that place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Praise God. So as a Christian today, this is my point that what they are saying here about the, the, the high priest and the profession in Hebrews 3 verse 1 is more than 
the knowledge of the pattern and the ordinances around the priestly profession that a Christian who can be learning about it, about it, we're speaking about righteousness, peace, joy, we spoke about that, we've been teaching about separation, sanctification, consecration, speaking about the outer court, we've even taught about the kingdom, we've spoken, given information, knowledge about those things, you understand? Now, there is the school of knowledge or the school of the ordinances. There is a school of the pattern. Do you understand? Then there is a school of the person. Are you seeing that? Yeah, it's true. What they're calling to consider in chapter 3 here is not the pattern. For us, it, it might be difficult to, to separate them. Do you know why? Because we are not Jews. You understand? So, because we are not Jews, it's easy to to just, when you are learning the pattern, the ordinances, you are learning the, the separation, the division, which is the accu- accumulation of necessary knowledge concerning the profession, there can be a way that you mix it up and think that because I know those things, I know about the profession. But do you, all that makes you is just maybe a rabbi or something. Like. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? If you actually meet a Jewish rabbi, he might even just floor you completely in all those things because they know those things. So I love that this book is written to Hebrews. That will now give you the sense that, ah, so these Hebrews, they know all those. Wow. You're the one that, ah, Manorah is a giant revelation. Some of them, they learned it from while they were kids, you understand? The tabernacle, this offerings, the what to do, all those things, it's part of their normal learning. Imagine that. Everything now, you know how much labor it took to understand some of these things. Yeah? I know that to teach a gentile mind this thing, we don't have, there are no genes normally to. Because the Jews have been learning those things, there's no way there is no genetic alignment. So when you're just talking tabernacle separation, they just, yeah, it's our culture. The way if they come and talk to you about some things about in your village, how. Your ancestors have been doing some things. <laughs> Praise God. Some of you, if they take you to maybe a shrine in your village, you will just be surprised when you get there, you will know what to do. <laughs> just, 
<laughs> what will happen? Operations from within will just start. <laughs> I've heard of stories where they say that the oracle chose some. Maybe the, the person went abroad to school, you are a child, you are connected to the, you know, the gods in the village and all, and then they will say, ah, someone died, maybe the former priest died, though, and the oracle just spoke and said that that guy in Harvard. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I've heard some kind of stories like that, right? Then the guy in Harvard would be like, what do you, I was even born here, abroad. What do you want me to come and do? Well, he is the one that's thinking that way. Those guys in the village, they're not afraid of your Harvard. They know that what is needed, where? Is in you. Just show up. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm just trying to give you a sense of the Jews. That all, a lot, some of this, so for you who is a Gentile, that's not your heritage. So you need plenty of spirit. And for, maybe the first day they teach manor. What is manor, manorah? Why does it even sound like that? Why is it not? Why don't you just say candle, something, lantern? You know what I mean? Why? <laughs> to even teach some of those things about the tabernacle, you know what I mean? They have to put plenty of spirit on you for it to stick, because those things mean nothing to you. Praise God. Uh-huh. So you acquire, you, as a Gentile, we, we are acquiring knowledge spiritually. But the fact that you are acquiring knowledge through a spiritual means doesn't mean you attain the, 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 the substance which that knowledge is meant to uh-huh. Do you get what I'm saying? So you can mistake spiritual receiving, or what you call revelation, receiving knowledge spiritually is not equal to receiving the nature that that knowledge is meant toward. Even though the receiving of knowledge was a spiritual process, it doesn't make you spiritual. Do you see that? Receiving revelation or knowledge spiritually does not translate to spirituality. Yes, sir. You can have a healthy experience in your, in your walk in the area of receiving spiritual information, but that does not make you spiritual. Amen. Amen. So that's why um, I'm seeing the, the book of Hebrews is a blessing. It's a great blessing because of, you know, when you are, I think that's also the purpose of the way the New Testament is, and in fact, all the books of the Bible, because when you are trying to pass a message to this audience, what, because of the peculiarity of the audience, the aspect and the way of communication of that message will show certain things as opposed to if you are coming, for example, Hebrews, the language to Hebrews. That's why some people feel that it wasn't Paul writing. They don't feel that Paul wrote Hebrews. It's actually a thing of debate in the theological, biblical, whatever circle. They say that, no, the book of Hebrews is unknown. We don't know. Praise God. Why? Because it doesn't sound like Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians. It was writing to Gentiles. 
Do you understand? He wasn't writing to people who knowledge is their heritage. Uh-huh. So now, so there is a unique ministry to, to people who have inherited knowledge. There is a, there is a kind of, but, they, but need breakthrough into the, the essence and the substance which that knowledge is meaning, meaning to bring. When you check the writing of their epistles to the Gentiles, of course, it's not just to give knowledge alone. When you read them, all the Bible, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, is not just to give you knowledge. Through the scripture, you can have an encounter of person. Two, the Holy Spirit can use the, the letter to... Uh-huh. But when you go into the, the specific books, like those Gentile books, when you see Paul writing, see Romans, for example. Romans is like a thesis. It's like a, it's like a PhD uh, research paper, right? Tearing, explaining what sin is, what the law is, teaching. He was writing to Gentiles, teaching them all those things. It starts introduction to knowledge. <laughs> those things are not their heritage. Do you get what I'm saying? So it means that he, Paul has to first describe the problem. Mm-hmm. A Jew doesn't need too much information about what sin is. We are the ones who are ignorant of it. Yeah. Yes. To a great degree. Of course, they don't have the full knowledge of sin. But they, but they, have, uh, they have the concept of sin. One thing in a Jew, a Jew knows the kind of thing God hates. A Gentile doesn't know. There are many things that Gentiles, you see all this prosperity gospel, all these kind of things. You can't bring that near a Jew. Their smell, there are things they smell from afar. <laughs> now all these things, it's not prosperity, that's Gentile stuff, right? Your God will give it to you. Your God will get it. Yeah, anything you want, just say it. You have it. God, as long as God is your father, you can never suffer. A Jew is just looking at you, just saying, that's not the problem. Suffering is not the problem. It's not the issue. It's not, it's not the question of religion. It's easy. <laughs> I don't know if you get my, my point. Those are Gentile problems. Mm-hmm. But a Jew, a Jew is different. A Jew, the task of the Jew is, is dealing with his sin. That has been the, the issue of a Jew, dealing with his sin. They are, to a sense, they are acquainted with the kind of things that God doesn't like. He's not fooled in terms of, because he needs spiritual understanding to really extract the depth of sin. But they can perceive the, a kind of nature. Uh-huh. I, do you know that Jews are rare on the earth today? Uh, so when I'm saying Jew, now don't think that I'm talking about the guys who have bare Jewish names. <laughs> who 
you know, who are maybe in the industries and all of that. Many of those guys are not Jews. They're just Jews by their blood. Maybe they're related to. Uh -huh. So those guys culturally are Gentiles. Many of, many of the, most of the Jews you see, when, ah, that guy's a Jew, most of them are Gentiles. They are not Jews. Right? Many of them are not Jews. What I mean is that I don't mean that in their blood they are not Jews. I mean in that what makes a Jew is more than, even Paul said, not all Israel is Israel. It's not, they are not all the same. So even though their blood is Jewish, but they are not raised with Jewish culture. They don't have Jewish mind. Many Jews on the earth today have Gentile mind. And as far as God is concerned, they are Gentiles. When I say Jew, I'm speaking about those, they call themselves Orthodox Jews. And in fact, to be an Orthodox Jew, you don't even need to have Jewish blood. You as a Nigerian can become a Jew. They accept you. Yeah, they accept you. They will go and say, you want to learn, you want to be a Jew? They say, yeah, okay, you can come. To them, being a Jew is not just, it's not blood. No, that's one of the law of, of Israel. God told them, don't drive people among you, even when he was speaking to Moses, that don't, on occasion of blood, drive people away from the covenant. He said, those who, who choose to live among you, and they choose to abide by your law, add them there. When I bless, I will bless them too. Everything that pertains to the covenant, are you seeing? So it's not just the blood. It's actually in the, the heritage of the knowledge. What actually makes a Jew is knowledge. Do you understand me? <laughs> so when you meet an Orthodox Jew and talk to them, you will be shy. You will be shocked. You, you might even feel like, first of all, one thing if you will feel, you will know. You don't know the Bible. That's the first thing that you will know. <laughs> then you will now realize that a lot of the concept which you, are, you, are, you receive by revelation, they know by heritage. Like what I'm describing about what sin is. They know it by heritage. They know that there are things that God hates. They can calibrate sins for you. They'll tell you that this kind of sin, this one is the, God hates this one the most. And when you check it by your revelation, they will be correct. <laughs> Do you understand? So knowing what sin is is not the Jews' problem. Their problem was how to solve it. That's what the Jews. When you read that Romans chapter 7, that I found another law in my members. Why all of those things? It was, they are acquainted with Weaknesses. Glory to Jesus. Um, are you being blessed today? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, this book of Hebrews, written to the Hebrews, is unique in the sense that the sense of this book is trying to, is trying to really, really explain the core of the matter. Yes, that is speaking now to people who have knowledge. They've journeyed in knowledge. And then they got to the, a point where their lack of journeying in substance began to show. Mm. Wow. Hey, do you understand? Yes, sir. So that, that's why you can, such if you're a Christian and you've journeyed to in knowledge, you can and then find yourself where you need this conversation for 
the Hebrews. Now, I do not, in this book of Hebrews, the people who they wrote the book of Hebrews to, some of them were, there's a way you can see the book and think all of them were just getting ready to move into everlasting life. It's not true. It's not true. Just read towards the last part of Hebrews, the kind of thing Paul was telling them, don't do this anymore. You just realize that, no, some of these guys had issues. You know what I mean? It, what, uh, and then what can make you infer that is because when you read the book of Hebrews, let's say if you read chapter 5 of Hebrews, what they were speaking about in chapter 5, you know he was speaking about the high priest that we have many things to say concerning him. Yes, That's the subject of Hebrews. From chapter one to the end is the person, that man. That's how they open the book now. Say, God has hundred times the diverse man has spoken to us by the to the fathers by the prophet, but as in this last day spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ. By whom he made the world. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. So the entire point of this book is to is to is to, to introduce people of knowledge to the to the, the to the message of the person the, the the to introduce them to the voice of the son the, that's what they are speaking concerning in this book so it's just about him his profession the priest his profession praise god and in chapter 5, they began to speak because they said he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Right? They, they, they showed you what his, the order of his priesthood is. But of this one, we have many things to say. And they are hard to be what? Altered. Seeing you are dull of hearing. Now when they go on from here, if you now see for verse 12, for which time? For the time you ought to be teachers, you have need. I want to teach you again, which will be the first principle of the oracles of God. And when you read this place here, you assume that these guys, they have journeyed spiritually. When you say you have need of meal, of, of, you have to be teachers, then you have need of milk again. You can see this as their inward growth. But that's not what the, this place is speaking of. This place is speaking about their position in the oracles. Mm. Praise God. Is anybody understanding me at all? When you say milk, meat, Strong meat. Those are definitions, calibrations of the oracles. They are not calibrations of stature. Do you understand that? So, if they are calibration of the oracle, it means they are calibrations of knowledge, not of stature. Uh-huh. Now, 
The one thing about the oracle, the oracle is, is mysterious. And it's just strange. Now, you can see what was, ex- what was exposed in Hebrews is that they got to a point where there was a deviation between their oracle, their, their prosperity in the oracles of God and their stature. So, then they, they, they joined the oracles to a point where that the oracle started demanding a kind of stature. <laughs> that there are some areas we, we can't open. Do you understand? So they, they journeyed in knowledge, journeyed in knowledge, and they now got to a point, they started becoming dull of hearing. Do you understand what I mean? So if they say that the time you ought to be teachers, it means you have gone through a lot of schooling. You should have been now gearing up for mastery. Then, but something just occurred. Dullness just began to set in. <laughs> Are you getting me? <laughs> so there is a, there's a season that you will get, and I believe God is bringing us, you see, under the word of righteousness, globally. On the earth. The oracle is demanding something. We've gotten to a threshold and the oracle is saying, yeah, this time, this place, if you don't have stature, from now on, all you'll be experiencing is dullness. You no longer, you, you'll get to a point you'll no longer be understanding, you'll be hearing, but you will not be hearing. You'll be, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's a way the, the oracles can, can do that. They will just be, there's a way they would change the speech, the manner of the, you get what I'm saying? The, is to, the, there's a place that men without stature should not come to. At this kind of season, you see, Should teach it. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Thank you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say oracles of God. Do you believe in this something called oracles of God? Yes. You believe? Okay. You know one thing about oracles is sometimes um, you know that when Moses came and Moses brought the the the, the books, the tablet, everything. Do you know, do you do you think that there are, there are people who say, eh, Moses, you are lying? You mean God gave you those things? <laughs> and how many believe there might be such have been such people there? Say, hey, 
So all this, you know that this guy has been finding a way to put his weight on us all this long time. So these are all the things that you like. And you want all of us to just be like this. So you've, you've now found a way to go and now. So you mean this thing came fresh from God? <laughs> There must have been guys like that now. One of the ones who began to fight Aaron. He said, okay, why is the only Aaron going inside and coming out, him and his sons? What about us? It means that they didn't believe the part of the, what God gave that the priesthood belongs to Aaron. Maybe they believed that Moses concocted it and he lied in some parts. And then because Aaron is his brother, he just wanted to, you know, do a quick walk and just... No, just keep it within the family. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, you mean that, so you mean God took his finger and wrote on stone for you? <laughs> Praise God. So they were dragging to God and I said, okay, let's prove it. Bring your own rod. Everybody bring, you, know, you understand what I mean? So that's how it is, even in our own time. I, I'm not under the illusion that everybody believes in this oracle. Someone might be like, this guy just coming to talk all these things. Where does he even get them from? Who knows how? Maybe he just, you understand what I mean? <laughs> Those minds are interesting. So, so sometimes the guys who, and it's hard to solve that problem, you understand, because those who you are relaying the message of the oracle to, because they are not privy to the process, they are not near the oracle. So they don't know what is, they need need faith to believe. (laughs) Maybe if there's any, if there's an advantage of maybe ministers of the gospel, I'll say maybe this is the advantage. Is that, let everybody deny that God is talking. <laughs> you that he talked to me. Come on. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Praise God. When you open your mouth and God will be speaking. And you know that this thing that he's saying, there's nothing inside your brain cell that can. <laughs> so you know that let everybody be your. Right? That's why the judgment is higher for pastors. You, if you want, to, you want to be near the oracle, just be ready. When they, when they start asking you questions, when, <laughs> because other people have excuse. They can say that they didn't believe the guy. We thought he was lying. God, we thought that that guy was lying this whole time. I'm like, we, you know, we just, we thought. <laughs> Praise God. Oracles. Now, um, do you believe that you have been joining by our oracles? Yes, or, or do you think it's the mind of men? Yes, Say, tabernacle, holy place, it's just this guy. You think it's that kind of thing? For me, I know that devil talks. I know the kind of thing devil can say. He can tell people that kind of thing. Praise Jesus. So, but we are in a season, this, we are in this kind of season. I'm very, very sure because things, it's just aligning. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing that we are in the kind of season where the oracle is almost, it's not taking a pause. 
is not stopping, but it's just trying to emphasize that to move beyond, to move further, for, for there to be a collective opening forth of what you would call this, the, the real content of what he calls the strong meat in this place, that there has to be an advancement in stature. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Maybe it's because of the, you know, the same way you can't take nuclear, nuclear, say nuclear codes, you know what I mean? No, what nuclear codes are. The code that if you enter it and press enter, you can release nuclear bomb to somewhere. Praise God. Now, you know, nuclear bomb is not like the one you throw and run away. That one is. <laughs> Praise God. When you release a nuclear bomb, you can cause devastation that will. That as long as the earth remains, it, it can cause damage that, that, will, that is, will be unrepairable as long as the earth remains. You know, that nuclear thing is particles. They are, nuclear particles, they are particles that cannot be stopped. That, uh, let, me not go, let me not go there. Praise God. But you, but you understand what I mean? That if you want to think about the nucleus of God is, in the, is inside the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge of the divine life. That divine life. Of course, the everlasting life is the school of the life then there's the, the life itself is eternal. Praise God. Then they said that that thing is such a heavy weapon that let's not bring, you know, can we not put the nuclear codes on Facebook and broadcast it to every, or whatever, or give everybody the apparatus. So it means that those people who have the secret, in the whole nation there can be just two people who know it. Do you understand? Because of how much, how potent it is. So it means that if there's only two people who know it, it means that there's a requirement of stature for that kind. So you can't go to, you can't, there's some things you won't learn when you go to the military. They will, they will teach you how to fight, karate with your hands, blow, kick. Then they will now give you maybe knife at some point. After a while, they will teach you that. <laughs> then they will now give you gun after a while. So they must calibrate how they give you things. According to stature, they will be checking it. Okay, let's give him this one. Let's check. First of all, before they give you a gun, they must test you. Are you mentally okay? Are you? <laughs> Praise God. They will, they will be upgrading the weapons. What are they doing with stature? They are checking stature and they are increasing the, the weapons. But before they give you the gun, they would have given you presentation on this is AR rifle, AR 15, whatever. It looks like this. The, this is the thing. This is the safety switch. The safety switch. Maybe <laughs> through PowerPoint, they have to teach you before they finally give you the, the thing. So knowledge, then inheritance later. You understand? So there's that, there's that sort of control about some things. Sometimes they can allow knowledge to go far, while actually inheritance is little, depending on how they want. Because there are many things in knowledge, many things about knowledge. There is some kind of preservation that knowledge can give. 
there is a knowledge even beyond your stature that when you know it, it will exact some preservation. Perhaps maybe not a preservation from your stature, but preservation even from your thinking. Because you know it, some things will be knocked off from how you would think that could lead your path to a dangerous place. You, know, you understand what I mean? So if you wonder, but why have they been teaching us about everlasting life scenes, all of all that? You don't understand why. There are many things. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times when daddy has been teaching about the divine life, around the divine area, there's one, one word that's been around such teaching, that thing of a seal. It's a type of a seal. To seal you. There are different seals. There is a seal of nature, but there's also a seal of knowledge. They can give you, the Lord can release a seal of knowledge to give a kind of preservation to give you space for your stature to grow up, to catch that knowledge. Knowledge is, there are many things about knowledge. Many, many things that knowledge can do. Glory to God. So knowledge is good, right? Uh Knowledge is good. This is enjoying knowledge. Beautiful. You like knowledge. I like, like Uncle John, like he was saying. Me, I'm like you, sir. It's just that I, it's not, uh, I never went to arts class. <laughs> Praise God. When I was that young, like high school, uh, I liked knowledge, but not like that kind of way. No, there were things I liked more than knowledge, you know? So. My love for knowledge wasn't enough for me to go to and start learning arts and all that. <laughs> Praise God. But knowledge is beautiful. Knowledge is awesome. As long as it's knowledge that is administered by the oracles of God. Because when the oracle is teaching, it's not just giving you... For everything that the oracle is saying there is an underlying wisdom of administration. Yeah. It's not just saying anything at any time. Yeah. There's a way they, they define seasons of, it's good to know this now. Yeah. It's good to reveal this now. It's, are you getting what I'm saying? It's the, the, that oracle is a, it's like uh, the oracles of God is, is a wise you know, operation of the spirit that controls the release of the knowledge of anything that pertains to God. Amen. But when they ought to become teachers, you have neither one teach you again, which be the word, first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of what? Not of strong meat. Go back. Verse 11. Now, let's just go back that verse. Go back to the previous verse. Sorry, you went to 11. Okay, verse 12, okay. Now, such as have need of milk and not of strong milk. What is the meaning of this? They have need of milk and not of strong milk. Now, is he saying that they, they depreciated in stature? Maybe they were so tall in their own world stature, and then they now reduced again. In, to be honest, I, won't, I don't think that's what they are saying. Just think about it. In, we are talking about two parallel worlds. The world of inheritance 
They have a stature in that world. But that stature does not, the world of inheritance does not correlate with the world of, the, of knowledge. That's a wisdom you need to understand. It will help you with judgment, both of yourself and of even people. Of, it's just a wisdom you need to have to know the difference between those two things. The, the inward inheritance of stature does not necessarily correlate. And there can be indications. There can be suggestions of, from the world of, uh-huh, of either world that, okay, okay, this suggests the potential of uh, some things being there, but it doesn't directly correlate. So in, when it comes to stature, I think it's very clear from this book that these Hebrews were in varying levels of stature, their own level of inheritance in these things. But at this time, when the oracles of God was discerning them, it got to a point where, because of that deficiency of stature, what happened? This thing that happened here is interesting. It's very interesting. This means that knowledge is more fluid and transient than stature. It's not that difficult to diminish in knowledge. Yeah. It's not very difficult to diminish in knowledge. One thing that can make you diminish in knowledge is when you are stagnant in your stature. When you are you are a bit stagnant in your stature. The operation of knowledge around you. Or what? Because it is the dealing of knowledge in your life. The operation of knowledge in your life is controlled by the will of the oracle. The oracles of God. That which, the oracles, that which speaks concerning the things of God. When there is stagnation on stature, it indicates something that the, the interest in what the oracle has to say is not that much. <laughs> that the amount of labor in becoming it is not being done too much. So what happened here was that instead of becoming teachers, they became dull. That dull of hearing doesn't mean they stayed in their hearing level. It's actually there was a dullness of their hearing. Do you believe what I'm describing to you? Yes. The heart can become dull if at a season when you're supposed to move forward because knowledge is the kind of um, fuel for something. Is to, knowledge is to create the enabling environment for development. But if development is rejected, Knowledge loses its purpose. And sometimes the mercy of God can withdraw knowledge for even the purpose of preservation. Because one thing God doesn't want you to have a situation you shouldn't really be in too much is... Right? Is what? Having knowledge... 
but refusing the inheritance which the knowledge is supposed to bring. So when the soul is coming to that place, the Lord can maybe make the soul a bit far away. He will just douse the perception. When I, when I was driving here, in the car, I was just, we were just driving, and was just, my heart just opened. I just began to see something. It was like the Lord was just showing me. Um, it, was, it, was, it was showing me about the scripture. It was the scripture it was showing me. Just not letter, but the spirit of the scripture. You know, scripture is not all of the oracles. There, is, there are many things about the oracles of God. right? Even the oracles of God. Doesn't, just, doesn't use scripture alone. It moves into the world of gifts. Then apart from gifts, there are what we call demonstrations of the spirit. There are many things about the oracles that the oracles of God uses to bring knowledge. It's just how knowledge comes. There are many things in the New Testament. But specifically about just scripture. It's like the spirit of God was just showing me that. He said there's something there. It's actually, there's a, the scripture has a, and I'm talking about scriptures that are, um, not, I've taught you about scripture, right? Uh, so you know what I mean by scripture, not just letter, not book. Uh, I'm talking about that, yeah. So that, that the scripture has an intelligence. Right, that, and that thing is like a, is, an, is, a, is a kind of mechanism that is embedded within the wisdom of scriptures. That one thing in the scripture is very intelligent at is reading the hearts of men. Yes. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And then the Lord, what the Lord was trying to tell me is that the way he designed the scripture that is that he doesn't have to worry to police his secret <laughs> in the scripture. That the scripture has its own intelligence. And, and what the Lord was just, he was just, I don't know why he was telling me that this morning. You have to go and now think later. I'm free and say, okay, God, this thing you were saying, what about it, Lord? Who knows? Maybe he's warning me about something. <laughs> but because he was just, he just kept telling me that, that the, 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 the more, the love of the world increases. When I say world, I mean anything outside the economy of things, which the scripture is really keeping. That when the love of those things increases in the heart, the, 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 the piercing, the ability to pierce the scripture diminishes. I, just, I began to see it. Mm-hmm. So, and the Lord was talking to me more from the perspective of a minister of the gospel. So that's, that's where I was seeing it as I was coming. Uh, you understand what I mean? Is that if, you're, if your attention is turning towards other things, your, depth, your sight becomes shallower. It was just something that was just showing me. And that thing can never fail. <laughs> so if maybe someone with worldly sense want to come and excavate scripture and go and use it to do something, what you will ever excavate will not be scripture. It will be something else. 
that there is a mechanism that God has put in the scripture that, see, the actual depth. And you know, you can pick scripture in layers. Right? That the how deep, when I'm saying scripture, you understand? I mean, the, 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 the wisdom of the book. You know, they are in levels. There's a way you would, you would be around the scripture at a level. You pick things that are, that are correct. But the way you, where it, it, it gathers them from might be shallow, can be shallow. One of the, the, the key, um, the blessings of apostolic grace is the depth to which the, it can gather scripture. Right? It doesn't, apostolic, real apostolic grace, and that's also apostolic strength and levels. Right? There's a strength that will take from a little bit. There's another strength that will go a bit deeper. And it will take it from another place. There's a, there's a kind of apostolic strength that can go deep. That when you begin to open the layers of the, the things that are, you know, the, the, that this, of the excavation of scripture, it is deep and, and rich, depending on the strength. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The Lord just showing me all those things. I just, are you seeing all these things here? He said that it, it responds, there's, kind of, there's a kind of heart. He was now almost telling me about that apostolic thing, how they are, there's a way he has to walk in men. Yes, sir. So that thing of where he said, ah, that guy is worldly, but he's very anointed. He was able to teach with that doesn't exist with these kind of things. That anybody can peruse around the Bible and bring out things. We're talking about excavation of, of things that align. Yes, Spiritual things. You know that when you, you check them in and out, turn it upside down, they are true. They don't break. They don't fail. You understand that kind of thing? It's not, it's not, it's not, by, it's not research. Oh, I check this book. I compare with that book. You know apostolic grace doesn't work like that. No, sir. That in the spur of the moment, an apostle will be saying things that are accurate through all the prophets, Jesus. through all the law, Jesus. through the New Testament. Jesus. You will go home and be discovering, hey, it's true. Yes. Hey. Yes. What? Are you yes, sir. Yes, sir. One year later, you are saying, hey, he said this. Do you understand what I mean? yes, And he, when he's saying it, he, he came. From, and, uh, and when it, it, there, there can be a hundred things that come to the heart of a, an apostle while he's teaching. But he, can't, he won't pick all of them. There's something inside him. He knows when something is, is correct, is awesome. And you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Glory to God. So this thing about, it's part of the, the, <laughs> the oracle. That's why sometimes, you know, Satan doesn't like these kind of things. He, he wants Christians dull to all these things. He wants us to feel like spiritual ministry, just go and read Bible Prove it. Let me prove to you. Show me. All those kind of. It doesn't. Be, it doesn't know. It wants us to be dead to facility of machinery of God in men. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Devil wants all of us to all be surface people because he knows that you you can't pay the price for that kind of thing. You can't pay it. None of us can pay the price for it. So let us. Let us. It's better for us to believe that we all have access to God in the same way. Because that will shut us off from receiving in that kind of capacity 
to believe that men can be raised as oracles. Do you get what I'm saying? You can study the Bible from now to tomorrow. What you don't see, you don't see. <laughs> then if I say, okay, well, but I'm not studying by myself. I mean that only ghost will show me. Okay. Okay. So I'm not, not on my own power. The Holy Ghost can show every believer everything. Okay. All right. Now, will Holy Ghost show you because you said he will show you? Okay. Why don't you try and ask the Holy Ghost, how do you intend to reveal it? <laughs> Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? He gave gifts to men. You can't remove that part of the scripture. Some, 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 not all, every, all the body, some, some. I don't know I'm saying all these things, I tend to deviate into things, but I just feel an impression to say them to you. Glory to God. So, so you see this thing about the oracles of God, when there's a, there's a season of the oracle. You must, you must be careful when the oracle, and be sensitive to, when the oracle begins to emphasize something. When you are spiritually smart, you will know. You understand? Don't just be blindly, yeah. what, what message should I listen to today? Bim, this is the one. <laughs> listen to it. They, ah, wow, nice. You know, there's a way you can just be that way, but you're not discerning of the, the collective emphasis, the season. There is, there is something, it's not just meeting in, meeting out. There is, there is a program. There is a path. There is a way. There is an agenda. God is not confused. There is a way God is leading. It's like God leading the Israelites through the, through the wilderness. He will tell Moses, hey, stay here, wait here. They will come for some time. Oh yeah, it's time to move. How, will, how were they moving? The cloud will just leave. Maybe they are sleeping in the middle of the night, something like that. Hey, wake up, oh. Cloud is moving. Cloud is moving. This is not up to them. So as one they see cloud, hey, oh yeah, those who are who need to rear down the tabernacle, they will, oh yeah, bring down the rod, bring down the, the, this thing, they will carry everything. They have to follow and journey with the cloud. Are you seeing? That's how, that's God. God is a shepherd. That great shepherd is, he, through his oracle, he defines movement. He creates emphasis in different seasons. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you don't know the kind of enemy they are trying to save you from. He's not on the internet. He's browsing you. <laughs> you can't think your way outside his web. He's a, he's a, he's a devious, wicked angel, an anointed cherub who, who God created of all the kind of creatures he made, the highest class. That's the kind of being you are warring against. You can't think yourself outside of him. You must be led. You must be, you must company with them who are led by the cloud. Praise Jesus. That being said, (laughs) the oracles, I put it to you, is suggesting to us, you need to grow in stature. Yes, sir. 
You need to take your inheritance of these things seriously. This is the message that he has been preaching since last year. He got to this point. He couldn't move from it. Prophecies have come saying that right now you're moving into another apostolic season where you begin to show, to teach about the way that we are bringing an apostolic and like an apostolic clothing on him to begin to, and every time he's talking, he's just concerning this, this, other, this realm of inheritance, the way to inherit, the way of becoming all these things that the oracles have been saying to us for years. Praise Jesus. So some have need of milk and are not of what? Strong meat. Verse 13, for everyone that useth milk is what? Unskillful what? Are you seeing what they are saying here? They didn't say everyone that useth milk is a babe. No, that's not. Now, now, is a babe. But that's not the, the main thing. Is that milk is a type of word. Right? The milk itself is a type of word. And somebody who is using milk is unskillful. In the what? In the word. Uh, if what they are using is milk, then they don't have skill in the word, word of righteousness. They are babies. But strong meat belonged to them that are of what? So see the word belonged. It is their own. Belong to them that have what? Full age. Strong, say strong meat. Strong meat. You can give a child who, whose teeth is not really, really very strong. You can give them strong meat. When they take the meat, they will just do it. They will, they will even start licking it. or do it. They will do all kinds of things with the meat. And after a while, you will, they will leave them. When they are tired, they will leave the meat there and go away. And then come and ask you for fish or something. Something they can eat. They can chew. That's how it is. Someone who hasn't, who hasn't, who hasn't paid attention to age. Then if you, if you give them the word of the strong meat... They'll be like, wow, look at this nice big meat. After a while, after some time, what will happen? Chewing it can be difficult. And they can. If Christ is not taking injury, it can occur. So that's why the oracle can say, we want to allow, let, let's emphasize age now. Say age. Age. There is meat you need age to eat. (laughs) 
how do you gain age? Is those who by reason of use, you see use here. So hearing something and using it are not the same. Do you see that? So the word use is key. You know, you know before it didn't say them that drink milk are unskillful in the word of righteousness for they are babes. Is they that use milk. Because those who are, have fullness of age still drink milk. You now as an old person, don't you drink milk? Some of us drink milk. Except of those who, of us who are lactose intolerant, maybe, or something. But you drink milk. You don't remove drink milk before because... But, but I can't tell you that you use milk. If we only give your body milk, after a while, your body will say, man... <laughs> politely. We love milk, we like milk, but there are things we need to use that are not present in milk. What the body uses is more than milk. You have to give the body meat. So age is a product of use. Right? What you, you must use it. Say use it. Glory to God. Those who, by reason of use, have their what, senses what exercised. Their, say senses now. Senses. Now, when it says senses, exercise to discern good, to discern both good and evil. Now, this is another thing entirely. You see, this discerning of good and evil with senses is not cracking revelation. They can, you can finish revelation of something. From here to two, you feel you can talk about it from any way. You never saw the good. The good is not a language of knowledge. Good is a is the product of its age. It's another thing. No, butter and honey shall he eat. What would that result in? To discern what? may choose the good and refuse. I see choosing the good, refusing is use. But he ate butter and honey, that is knowledge. That he may know, you see? Butter and honey will produce knowledge. But there's that refusal of, of the good and evil is called, is exercise, right? This exercise is something else. It's an exercise of senses. Now, you ask me, what senses is this? Is there that sense outside of your revelation mind? Yeah. Yeah. There's another sense. There's another sense. There's another sense. There is, there is a sense, a, a kind of meditating posture or facility in your heart which you used to, to take knowledge, break it down, receive information and store up knowledge. Yes, That's one thing. Yes, but there's another sense. There's a sense which you need to employ to grow. Mm. 
the sense of to grow is the sense that now it's an it's an inward sense that can distinguish good and evil. It's in that being able to separate. You see, someone with plenty of knowledge can be doing evil. I mean that he knows plenty of things, but when it comes to that, his sense is not entering that area. And he can be doing evil and be happy. Wow, Lord, everything, we are okay, we are joining together and all those guys. But, he's, but, when, but you wonder what's going on. And then after celebration and everything, he goes back to the things he's doing. He can't see anything wrong in them. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? So that sense, you see this sense is here. Hebrews 5 verse 14. This is the sense of the profession. Praise God. Is the sense of what? Is the, the sense that inspires what you do. Where you are living from. It's another sense. Is the sense of the profession it is the sense that considers the apostle and the high priest. The faculty that divides revelation cannot consider the person. It will, it will help. Do you understand what I mean? It will help, but after it has gotten the revelation, it will change the revelation into another kind of manner must turn it into something called spirit. Then it will pass that spirit into your another sense. This is another sense. Yeah. I'm sorry, so what are you saying? Hey, I'm sorry, this soul. Your soul is like this. If whether you agree or not, these things can happen to your soul. Do you understand me? Knowledge must become spirit. You must pass knowledge, becomes spirit. Then spirit now begins to activate this other sense. On the inside, this, one, this particular sense, it is an empowerment on the inside to begin to consider the person. You, you can see all the knowledge. If you don't see the person, you will not gain the impetus to reject evil. You will call evil good. But this thing is good, it's nice. So why? We are doing it for the kingdom. It's for this, it's for that. It's for this one, it's for the other one. But when this sense is activated, say, yeah, nice. This sense, this good and evil talk. It's a different conversation. It's not revelation. Wow, the book of this, blah, blah. No, no, no. It's a different thing. Okay, when you say, okay, we are doing it for the kingdom, it's nice and all. Then, okay, this sense is now talking to you for the kingdom. Okay. For the kingdom. Mm. How does it impact the mm, the posture of your heart while you are doing it and while you are sewing yourself to it? What is this? Its impact on your meekness levels, your Contriteness levels. 
Uh, you understand what I'm trying to say? It's, it's checking then. Now, you know, see, as you are doing that thing, are you, is it looking like the thing he is doing? Are you understanding me? Because you see, inside those your knowledge and revelation, there is the image of a person. Inside there, it's there. But that image doesn't appear until it is reduced. I don't say reduced, but it is. it becomes spirit. The image of the person is spirit formed. Do you understand? It is what? Say spirit. Spirit formed. Is a, the spirit on the inside. I'm talking about the inward, inward working of the spirit on the inside of the heart to, to produce glory to God. It is, see this good and evil, the, the conversation of the senses of good and evil is, it takes place in a certain kind of place. That's what Peter was, he's calling that attitude, sobriety, that soberness. If not, your heart is not able to, you say, guard up the loins of your mind. Let's be sober, hope to the end for, for the grace that should come unto you at the word, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Grace. Say grace. 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 Sober meditation produces the image of the person. Then they will now say, consider him. If you are considering him, there are some things you won't be doing. Why? Because you can't be seeing him without seeing your profession. You just be seeing your profession. You just, it's different. And that profession is it's, it's very stark in its difference to all the things that men do. It's different. It's contrary to the way that men take. The parts are opposite. If you're married, in your marriage, there's a way you, there's a way you, when you are, there's a way the world will program you to see yourself towards your wife. And with all your revelation, it might not tamper with that image. But if they can bring you to soberness, and then you now see the profession. Now it's called in the profession, your image as a husband is very different. And the difference is stark. It's different. As a brother, as a sister, as a Christian, whatever you are, there is whatever you are doing physically in this world, there is an image of that in the in the profession. Do you understand what I mean? That is the that's the secret of being in the world. Not of the world. See, I'm not saying you take them out of the world, but what I'm saying 
keep them from the evil. That keeping them from the evil is not easy. It's all you can have revelation but not being kept from the evil. You'll be eating the evil every day. You are doing it. You are waking up with it. You are sleeping with it. With all your knowledge. But that thing to be kept from the evil. Only the, the sighting. This thing is not working. Only the sighting of that man, praise God, of this, it's a profession. Profession. Being kept from evil is not trivial. There's a whole profession about it. God raised a profession. That anybody that wants to be kept from evil in this earth, he must come into this thing. Praise Jesus. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Let's go back to that Hebrews quickly. Glory to God. Consider, right? Chapter 3. Consider the apostle. The word apostle means the sent one. And the high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in what? All his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had builded the house has more honor than the house, for every house is builded by some man. Do you agree with this thing? <laughs> every house is what? The word house there means stature. Everything. You can't find a stature that say, whoa, this guy is just a simple guy. He's just a simple guy who just likes doing some things. Who is very, he's very knowledgeable in some. I just like his knowledge. He's not, he's not worldly like that. He's just, okay. Is he a guy? He's a guy. Okay. Are there things in him here? Who built it? Don't be naive. <laughs> do you understand? Who, who did what? Who built the things? Who built the things in men? Who built the things in you? This, the house you are now, who built it? Do you understand me? Because every house is built by some man. It means that somebody built it. But he that built all things, that built all things, the word all things, doesn't mean everything that exists. It's a language. He, he that built all things is God. I love that. Glory to Jesus. He that built all things. So it means that there is no builder but God. Right? That only God has the the ability of building. Right? Why would they say he that built all things is God? It's very clear that the things which other men built are not part of all things. Why would they say Either build their house is a man, every house is built by some man, then either build all things is okay. The one the man built is not part of what God built. So you have to understand King James and all this language. You know what I'm saying? When you check it in the spirit, that thing that's built by some man is not a building, it's a pit. 
When you, it might look like a building, oh, we are going up, but when you check it well, when you look at it well, it's actually a dissension. It's not a building, you understand? But only God can build. Right? When you say, when you say look at the land of the soul, if you see anything ascending upward, God is involved. Right? That's one of the hardest things to do on the earth is to build upwards. We men with all our exercise, with all our, our strength, even in our, our most sincere motive of doing the best thing for God, we end up digging pits. How do we know you dig dug a pit? When they check your soul, it's worse than it was. Say, but I was trying to just serve God, do things for him, you know, move his kingdom forward, move his agenda. That's all I was doing. We, I'm not questioning your motive, what you were doing. I know, so let's just check your soul. The soul will not lie. <laughs> it won't lie. We will know whether is it, is that those things you're actually doing, is it God or not? If it's God, you will, be, you will, you will check up. You see appreciation that something was being built in you. We will, be, we will just be seeing your stature going up. That's how God, when, when someone is relating with God, when God is involved in your life and you are surrendered to God the way you ought to be, you will just be seeing God. Your, your soul will be ascending, appreciating. It will be going up. It will be going contrary. It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. When God handles your soul and you submit your soul to him, you leave all the vanities and all the worthless things which we do in his name. And you, you focus on Yielding your own soul, not anything, just your, your heart to him. Taking the profession which he has given and surrendering under the high priest. What happened? Your, your soul will arise. There is no other way for souls to go up than for that process. Only through this process can souls arise. Your soul must be given and committed to him that what? That builded what? All things, all things. Glory to Jesus. So seeing then that we have a great high priest, 4 verse 14 as we are closing, praise God. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the word feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. And let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may do what? Obtain mercy. And then what? And find Grace to what? To help in the time of need. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. So what you will find when you when the senses of not this sense that's being brought to us the senses of our inheritance which we used to behold him. When that sense comes, I love the word seeing, verse 14. 
seeing then. It means it's not a guarantee that you'll see it. When you're able to see him, that great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, it will see him will help you to hold fast what? To hold fast your profession. Then that will cause you to be able to approach what he calls here the, the throne of grace, right? You come boldly to the throne. Now, why throne here? You, you now realize that, like I was saying at the beginning, that everything about his priesthood is about what? A dominion. It's about the, when you check the answer to sins, which is grace, right? And all the infants, you say, you check, okay, where is it coming from? You now realize it's, it's fountaining from a throne. Do you see that? So when you are you are seeking to, to come to, when you are seeking to come into your inheritance of what God has for you, what you are trying to access uh, is, is help. Right, that is, it is a help that is coming, is fountaining out of a dominion source, right? What is a throne? Every throne is a fountain, right? Yeah, right? Every throne is what? The what? What fountains out of the throne? Is what? Okay, he says the will of the king. Okay, what? In, in, generally, what found, what's fountaining out of the throne? He said what? Dominion, okay, correct, keep, okay, grace in this place, correct, keep going. Sir, what did you say? Life. Every throne, purpose of every throne is to tell people how to live. That's the purpose of every throne, is to Define to people how to live. Every throne is a fountain of life. Dominion is the reign of life. When you say, ah, there's dominion of this, you say that there's a certain life tied to a certain throne that is reigning here. That's the meaning of when you say something is having dominion. There's a certain the kind of life, tie sponsored, fountaining, or defined from a particular throne that is having what? 
a rain. Praise God. <laughs> Are you seeing that? Uh-huh. So, what your, the purpose of this priesthood, which you are looking at, which you are considering now, right, is the priesthood is the person who ministers the fountain. Then you now see that in the, the fountain of the life of God, what is, are the substances that flow out of the fountain? Two things mainly, mercy flows, grace flows. Mercy what? Mercy, mercy and grace are the agents of life. Do you see that? Right? The way Paul was saying it in Romans chapter 5 that they which have received the, the gift of righteousness and the abundance of Grace shall reign in life. Romans 5 verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. So death is also a dominion. It means death is a life. You not know, some passive something. It's actually another life with its own energy by which it reigns. If by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive. So it's they that receive abundance of grace and come into the gift of righteousness. They are the ones that will do what? Reign in life. By who? One. That is the person. is by, by, by that man, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. There is a dominion that God is bringing us into. You see this struggle, one of the issues we have is that there hasn't the the earth has not seen the rain of this life. Hmm? We've done Christianity upset scent of dominion. Why? Because we are looking for worldly dominion to validate Christianity. Wow, the richest man in that country is a Christian. A Christian mind will see that as something. The best this. Is a Christian, no. And you see that as something. It's like Jesus trying to now become the greatest king that ever lived. He will unseat Herod. He will, after a while, he will go to Rome and seat Caesar. I get what I'm saying. That's what they thought. So, if you say, okay, why, why will you be happy that a Christian is the richest man? Why? why? Okay, why? It's because you seem to think that Everything that is defined as good around riches, you seem to think those are good things to God. Or give me an, any example. Ah, a Christian is this. A Christian, so as a Christian, strive. Become the best in your this. Become your best. Is that the language of scripture? It's like, ah, there's all this dominion of the world. Go and compete. You can be, there, you can be better than them in their dominion. Because we don't understand our own dominion. And then they are looking at us. What? You understand? If it's money you want to make, let me teach you how to, why, you, why do you have to be going to church to pray and all of those things? It's not money you want to make. And we'll show you how they make money now. This is how they do it here. Yeah. 
that, and the church will never be the world. It's like a, it's a dream, it's a fantasy to never come to pass. I don't mind how many pastors have prophesied that all Christians will be rich. Let me announce to you, it will never happen. That's not the interest of God. Neither is God's interest that, you see the parliament, wow, there's now a, a, a new party called the Christian Dominion Party. And they now have 80% of the seats in parliament. And therefore, the new prime minister, obviously, will be a minister of the gospel. Then when I say, hey, God has won in Canada. You know those kind of dull things. When they say pray for authority, they say just pray so that you can live a peaceable life. They didn't say, they didn't say go there. They didn't say run for election. They say pray. Pray for them who are in what? Authority. In fact, God will be righteous to bring a Christian to now be the prime minister of a nation of sinful people. For what? So you can force them to be reading Bible and praying every morning. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You see, many things is that we don't understand. Our, we've, not, we've not been able to conceptualize the reign of our life. We don't know our dominion. That's why we always tie to money. Being best at this, being good at this, taking over this, blowing here, making noise here. Wow, I get what I'm trying to say. We don't know our dominion. Does, does the average Christian understand the reign of righteousness? Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? It's another thing entirely. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But are you seeing the vision of these things? God wants to bring it in the church. Amen. From Christian to Christian to Christian, they'll begin to catch the sight. They'll begin to receive the insight and the revelation of it. After a while, you see the, the meaning of being a Christian will change on the earth. In that kind of season, that's, that's the day that the world will look and say, wow, these guys have something we can never have. Can a worldly man have righteousness? You can't. That's your dominion. So grace that God wants to give is not grace for anything. It's grace for his life. Life. Say life. life. If by one man's offense, dead reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Do you see righteousness as a gift? You begin to see it. You begin to celebrate it. They will reign where in life by one, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Just begin to bless God.
Lord, you've heard us. We have we're responding to your words, asking Lord for help. Help us, Father. Thank you. God, we're not relying on our own devices. This is not, these are not things that we will just go and do. That was strength. Above all, God, we are asking for to begin to experience, Lord, the manifestation of your mercy within our life. Stirrings beyond our devices. Amen. All we will do is just to yield, to cooperate Amen. with you. She come to us. She bring the image of the Lord to appear clearer within our hearts. Yes, Lord. She usher us into the season of the supply of His grace. Amen. I will bring increase in our, our stature, in our growth. You who build all things, come and build our heart. Come and build. Open us up, open up our mind, break those hindrances, those limitations that stop us from having discernment of these things, even in, of good and evil. Amen. Lord, we thank you. Make us quick, God, Amen. strong Amen. in this discernment. Amen. Thank you, our Father. Give you praise. We pray in our midst, Lord. Have begin to have conversations of, of these senses heighten us, Amen. bring us to a higher place, even into abundance of grace. Amen. Thank you, our Father. We bless your holy name and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine for you. You dwell between the